0: You're listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast, your place for life-changing messages that will build your faith and propel your life. If you enjoyed today's message, why don't you be a blessing and share it with a friend? A leader needs to know how to stir themselves up. How to, and a leader know, needs to know how to encourage themselves, come on, in the Lord, right, strengthen themselves in the Lord. When things look like, man, it, it, the devil just ran through your camp, destroyed everything, all kinds of things breaking loose, but a leader can stand firm and stir themselves up. Man, you hear about Dr. Rodney losing his daughter on Christmas Day, getting right back up and preaching. You never knew he lost his daughter until afterwards he told you. I've heard Dag Haywood Mills talk about his son died in his 30s, and and he had a crusade to preach. Nobody knew his son had died until after the crusade. He's a leader. He's got a job to do. There's a job to do. Come on. Leaders take care of the job, take care of what they're assigned to do, regardless of what's going on around them. Could you imagine losing someone, and you know you got to take care of business, and and you go in there, and you take care of business? That's some grit, man. That's why these people are at where they're at. They know what they're doing. They know what they're assigned to do, and at all costs, they take care of it. And so maybe for you, that's the children's ministry. Maybe for you, that's the hospitality uh, department. Maybe you're the usher. Maybe you're the greeter, and things aren't going the way that you feel like they need to be going in your life. You need to learn how to stir yourself up. And, I, and that's where you get help. That's where you get grace. When, when, you, when, you, when you lock in and you say, Lord, I'm having a rough day, but I'm, I'm going to choose to trust in you. I'm going to choose to rely on you for strength, for the anointing. We make such, a, such a, uh, an emphasis in the Ministry of Helps class on, on tapping into the anointing. Right? We, we emphasize that. I anoint you into the ministry of helps when we when we do the class. We just had a class, I don't know, 12, 15 people back there. It was awesome. And I anointed each and every person into the ministry of helps. And I said, this is a supernatural office, just like the, the apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, teacher, right, that you can tap into an anointing for whatever job. And you need to learn to yield to that anointing. Right, and because this is the group right here, guys. I, you, you may not count yourself as a leader right now, but you—the ones that have been coming Mondays and Wednesdays, man—that's why I'm looking for leaders, at, man. I don't care how skilled you are. If you ain't here Mondays and Wednesdays, forget about it, as they say. Right? Because the faithfulness is what is step number one, and you showing up, showing me that you're hungry, man. That—that's—that's—that's that's, that's top of the list right there. And, but so if you'll, if you'll just decide to, to, to rely on that anointing, man, God will help you. God will help you in this, in, this, in this regard. We talked about how important it was to read books, right, to read books on leadership. I uh, talked about John Maxwell. Uh, when I wa- worked for Joyce, uh, my, my boss was Scott Stroop, man, great man. Great man. He ran the whole call center department, uh, about 80 people in that whole department, massive department, uh, and he, he would always have a book in our hands. Uh, and it wasn't always a Christian guy, right? There's some good Christian principles that we can learn, uh, good principles we can learn on leadership uh, that, that doesn't necessarily have to be from, from a Christian guy. There's some good stuff. I remember reading about Patrick, I remember reading a book by Patrick Linzioni. Uh, called the five dysfunctions of a team and it talked about how how important it was for for team members to, to to be able to share what's on their heart and and you not attack another team member and that's what we were dealing with like i would share something and someone else would attack me yo why are you attacking me i'm just sharing and, and, and so these books would help us through these issues and really that's what the apostle paul did if you look at go ahead and put up on the screen second timothy chapter four verse 13 i mean you know paul was a leader Right? Paul led. That's what he did. He was a leader, an apostle, a leader. Put it in the New King James. Yep. Bring the cloak that I have left with Carpus at Troas when you come, and the books, especially the parchments. He said, bring my coat, bring this, and bring the books. Paul read books. The apostle Paul read books. Some of you needed to hear that, because some of you like, I'm, I only read the Bible. That's good. The Bible's great, but the apostle Paul read books. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, right? Leader in the, in, in the church. Uh, man, people would even say that I'm of Paul, like that's how much of a leader he was, not even I, I serve Jesus or I, I, I follow Jesus, they would say I belong to Paul, I'm of Paul's camp, that's the kind of leader that he was, he had people saying that, not that that's right. But he was a leader, and he was a book reader. And so I highly, highly encourage you to to read books on leadership, to devour them, even if that's not your, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. When I was in high school, man, I was a knucklehead. I never read one book in all of high school, not one book. Anytime I had to read a book, I cheated. (laughs) I I went on sparknotes.com, enter, and I read, okay, all right. That's what I did. That's what I did. Sparknotes.com. I don't even know if they still have that. I have no idea. And, and I never read one book, not because I couldn't read, but because I, Lisa, can you stop that, Lisa? Not because I, I you know, I, I just, man, I ain't reading no books That's for the nerds. That's for the geeks. Like, in my mind, I just, you know. And, and so, but now, man, I have, I have, whoo, hundreds of books, hundreds of books. I realize that not every reader is a leader, but every leader is a reader, right? Not every reader is a leader, but every leader has to be a reader. And one of the things that helps me is, audiobooks audiobooks i have probably 300 audiobooks downloaded on all different topics but but leadership and spiritual development are at the highest uh, i've downloaded more books in that in those two genres than anything else uh, but consuming in podcasts man there are so many great podcasts that you can listen to uh Jabin Chavez, man i'll tell you he's a phenomenal minister I love Pastor Jabin, listening to his, his leadership stuff. Uh, I wait for it to come out. I, I'm, I'm sitting there like, is it out today? Dang, no, is it out today? Dang. Like, that's how good it is. And it's practical things. Jabin, J-A-B-I-N, he's a Mexican guy, from uh, hey, but, but, but he don't look too Mexican. kind of does, maybe. i anyway. let will say, Pastor Hubie, does he look Mexican? <laughs> I was going to ask him if pa- Pastor Jabin, I don't think he knows who he is. Um, Jabin Chavez, Chavez. C H uh, A V E Z, I think it's like V E Z. Chavez. Yeah, V E Z, yep. J Ben Chavez, pastor of church in Las Vegas. A young church, probably only five, six years old, but a couple thousand now. He's Growing like you wouldn't believe, but but he he uh, he came out of Jensen Franklin's church. Uh, He was very connected there, Um, and so just just stuff like that. Podcasts on leadership. If you have any questions or want more suggestions, let me know. But obviously, last week I told you about John Maxwell. John Maxwell, phenomenal. He was a pastor before he started doing this. Um, When he was a pastor, his his church was one of the fastest growing churches in the nation, because really leadership in whatever capacity, whoever you're leading, can never go past you. If that so as a pastor the church won't go past the pastor pastor the pastor's capacity to lead people the pastor's capacity right uh, to organize the pastor's capacity to strategize that's why you have many pastors who love the lord who can preach really well but church never grow past 30 people right? I, I see it all over because of their capacity, their, their capacity uh, to lead and to strategize and to lead people for whatever reason has not been developed. And, and that's what I've seen over and over and over. And so you as a, as a person too, uh, whether you're in the secular world or whether you're, you own a business, your ability to, to grow in your field is what's going to determine how successful you are. When we were in real estate, I knew I didn't know much about real estate, but I'm going to go find the best, and I spent thousands, I spent 20,000 to be part of a a, a group of high-end real estate people to hear what they were doing, to see what they were doing, and that produced major impact in my business. I went and sought people who knew what they were doing, and I said, what are you doing? And show me what you're doing. And sometimes that costs money, right? That costs money to do. And it's no different, right? Uh, The Apostle Paul, as you could see, read books, read things, bring the parchments, bring the books. He read to develop himself in these things. And so it's no different. If I'm over the children's ministry, I'm buying every book pertaining to children's ministry I can find. Every single book. And I don't even need you to, to pray in tongues, to be honest with you. Uh, because if you built a big church, uh, man, man, LCBC, right? W- whatever you think of them, they're doing something right. People, by the thousands, show up there. To almost 20,000 members they have. They're not dummies. Maybe their doctrine isn't like ours, but they know how to organize and they know how to strategize and they know how to lead. They they know how to develop. Now imagine having that and the spirit and the the word (laughs) and bringing those two things together. I'm telling you, there's no telling what could happen. There's no telling what can happen. We never compromise on the word and, and the Holy Ghost, but we need to bring in some of that or, or some of that leadership component to that, to the church, and that's why we're doing this right now, and that's why we want to bring in people that are, that are experts in this area to help us, to teach us, right, because it, you will never grow past the systems and the leadership you have in a church, It's the bottom line. And, and, and leadership is developed. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You qualify, we are, you know, so you can be developed and learn. And, but you have to start by showing initiative. That's the number one thing. You have to start by showing initiative. Before I was ever even, even tapped on to be a leader, I was already listening to leadership stuff. I knew my turn was coming. I knew I was getting ready to be tapped into the game. I didn't know when, didn't know how, but I knew that I knew that I knew that I was getting ready to be tapped in at some point, so I better start preparing. Preparation is never wasted. Time of preparation is never wasted. Come on, a basketball player taking jump shots, that, that ain't wasted time. You, he, If he just all the day in, in the gym, he's getting ready to get into that game. He may never get into the game, but he knows if he gets called, he's been practicing, he's been preparing, he's ready to go. Sports players, man, I'll tell you, the ones that, that, like Tom Brady, man, he was, I think, undrafted, came into the league, was a backup, somebody got hurt, he had his opportunity, he was ready to go, he he didn't show up like this when he wasn't the starter or he wasn't in the position that he thought he should be in, he showed up ready to go, he learned the playbook, he would practice with everything that he had, so when his number was called, he came in with a good attitude, ready to go, because he knew the playbook, he had a good attitude all along, Man, there are some backups that show up like this, well, I'm not a starter, well, who cares? I'm not the leader, who cares? Uh, you know. No, if you think that you'll ever have uh, an opportunity at, at, at being a leader in, in, in this church, it starts right now. With a good attitude, being faithful, excited about what's happening, even if you're not in the position that you think you should be in. Right? Man, it that makes or breaks it, I'm telling you right now, it makes or breaks it. And I, I get excited when people come off the bench in a, in a football game. You never heard of them. And the next week, they're superstars. And that, that, that didn't just happen. They had been prepared, preparing weeks and weeks, waiting for their number to be called. Just waiting. Wait until that wait, I'm going to make the most of my opportunity. So you make the most out of your opportunity. Yeah. Make the most out of your opportunity. And it's a small world, let me tell you. It's a small world. People talk, people know each other. And so you want to put your best foot forward, right? Give the best first impression you can. Because this is a new church. It really is. I keep emphasizing that. You have the opportunity to put your best foot forward. Come on, a good first impression. Uh, and it all starts a good first impression of me is a good attitude. That's the number one thing I look for a good attitude. Right? If I say no, that I don't want to do that right now, and maybe it's your idea, and you throw a fit, forget it. Like you know what I mean? Like I feel like I can't trust you. If I if I say no to something, or if I maybe correct you, and you fall apart, man, that, you know that tells me something. Pastor Phil always said this. He said, "If I I'm not your pastor until I correct you." Right? Didn't he always used to say that? "I'm not your pastor until I can correct you, and we're still good." If I correct you and say something to you, are, are you still going to be like, oh, Pastor Joe is wonderful. I can't believe he said that. Yeah. that. That has to do with the heart, right? That has to do with the heart. And I love when he used to say that because it's so true. I remember the first time I got rebuked by Pastor Tony Ayella. I remember the first time. Man, I was devastated, man, but I knew I had to make a choice. I went from the golden boy to being called into the office getting rebuked. I'm sitting there like, he's talking to me that way? And and, and my heart's dropping. I thought he would never talk to me that way. But I needed it. I was wrong. I was wrong. And man, I I stepped out of that office. I had to make a decision. Am I going to put a smile on my face, accept what I'd just been told, make the adjustment, and show back up? Or am I going to pack my bags, get my ball, and take it, go (laughs) home? You know what I mean by that? You're out in the the playground, and that's my ball. I'm out of here, man. No. No, I'm going to come back. All right, let's play again. Let's do it again. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Right? It's a mindset. It really is. And it'll take you a long way. All right. I'll be stuck on recap if we don't move on. So write that down, 2 Timothy 4.13. Bring the cloak, cloak that I left, or Carpus at Troas, when you come, and the books. Say, Paul read books. Paul read books. Say it again. Paul read books. Paul read books. Right? If Paul read books. That means that we need to read some books. Right? Uh, and, and so it's very important. And so the church is going to develop leaders who are, who are going to help fulfill this vision. I've been reading a book. Actually, I've read the book already, but I went back over it uh, by Tony um, Cook. He, he was a pastor at Ramah, still is a pastor at Ramah Bible Training Center. Is he not still a pastor? No? Oh, yeah, that's, that's news to me. He was, he was, he was a pastor at Raymond Bible Training Center. Is it your professor. He was a teacher when you were there, right? Um, very good with leadership. He does a lot of things with Gerald Brooks, another guy that I like to listen to a lot. Write that name down and go and listen to everything he's put out, Gerald Brooks. Yep, G-E-R-A-L-D, bro- Brooks, B-R-O-O-K-S. He pastors in, what's the city? Plano, Texas, yep phenomenal minister you know he's good on leadership that's his emphasis and he has a podcast you can download listen to all his stuff for free so i read this book when tony cook first put it out it's called in search of timothy discovering and developing greatness in church staff and volunteers sounds like what we're doing here Right. I'm, we're looking for Timothy's around here. We're looking for people. We're looking for people to help fulfill the vision. We're looking for staff. We're looking for volunteers. I hate the word volunteers, actually. We're looking for helps ministers who are going to help fulfill the, the, the vision of this house. And so when I saw the title, I said, oh, man. So I started going over it today and I want to talk to you about four commitments, four commitments, supported, four commitments, supportive leaders must make. Supportive leaders just means this. You're not the head leader, but you're supporting the leader. Does that make sense? Four commitments supportive leaders must make. So whether you're an associate pastor, whether you're a head of something, or whether you're working somewhere, you're supporting the leader. You may not be the head leader, but you're supporting the leader. right? So Tony Cook wrote this. Four four commitments supportive leaders must make. Number one. Supportive leaders must be devoted to Jesus and to God's Word. Supportive leaders must be devoted to Jesus and God's Word. You know, I, we're, we're going to talk about practical things, but I don't want you to be a super leader who's been developed, right, who has skill and is organized, who's on time, who's efficient, right, at doing their jobs, right, but don't, but you don't have integrity, but you don't have character, right? Uh, and those two things come from being devoted to Jesus and God's word. You could be a super leader, incredible, but, but if you're not spending time with Jesus, if, if, if you're not uh, developing in God, you're going to lack, you're going to lack some of the most important things two things character and integrity you can be so skillful and i've seen too many skillful people get to a place that their character can't keep them skill will take you there character will keep you there right and so right now we're learning or we're going heavy on the skill side because we get a lot of the spiritual side but i need to start with this though i need this to be said right you you must no matter how much practical things we talk about the number one thing you need to remember is you need to stay focused on your relationship with jesus and your time in god's word Come on, say amen to that. You need to be grounded in this. Because when you're grounded in this, you develop a a, a fear of the Lord, right? You're not going to make questionable decisions. You're not going to have moral issues when you're grounded in this. I know many high leaders, talking about presidents of nations, having moral failure. Know how to lead a nation very well, but having moral failure. But when you're grounded in this and you have a fear of the Lord, you won't do that. You won't go down that path. You you won't mess around with somebody in your youth group. Come on, you're you're not going to be trying to hook up with people over there. You're you're not going to be stealing this or doing that, right? And then in the name of Jesus, there will never be a scandal in this church. We plead the blood. We rely, not because of our own, but Jesus, you protect this house. And we're going to do what we can in the natural. But I've been declaring that since day one. There will never be a scandal in this church. There will never be a sexual failing. There will never be a a, a perversion. There will never be none of that. And when we do things in the natural, like cameras in all the rooms. And, and the, yeah, we do all that stuff. And we do background checks. Uh, but man, well, I'm, I'm pressing in, leaning in, and believing God that there'll never be any of that. Praise God. But it starts with training, right? So we're, we're going to be rooted and grounded in this, and we're going to develop a healthy fear of the Lord. Number two, supportive ministers must be devoted to the church. Supported, supportive ministers must be devoted to the church. Those who excel as leaders in the church embrace that truth, that the church or the body of Christ is vital, valuable, and precious to the Lord. Remember, Jesus loves the church, and so should we. Jesus is devoted to building his church, and if we love Jesus, then we must be committed to the same things to which he is committed We need to love the church more than we love our position and more than we love the prestige or self-esteem that we draw from being in that position. Meaning position doesn't matter. If you get to be the head over that or the first one for this, it does not matter for you. If you're cleaning the sanctuary or preaching Sunday doing the offering, whatever needs to be done is the attitude. I love the church. Not my position, not my title, not what it b- gives me, not what it, 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 it makes me feel. No, no, I love what Jesus loved. He loves the church. And so I'm here to help see the church grow and develop, to help see the vision fulfilled. And I'll do whatever is necessary because I love Jesus and he loves the church, so I love the church. That's the heart. That's the heart, right? Because the first time you get to ask to do something that you think is beneath you, that's when the test will come. Hey, could, hey, do you mind helping clean the bathroom? And you look at me like this, and I'd be like, oh, because right, you feel it, because now you don't clean the bathroom, No, now you're, you're praying for people up here. And now, now I, maybe you, you've led an outreach, or maybe you've done this, and now I'm asking you to clean the bathroom, because that's what's needed right now at this moment. I need all hands on deck, and, and, and that's where you're going to have to make that decision. And trust me, you're going to be tested in this area. Whether you think, because right now I've been testing this area. I remember when I was, I remember I cleaned the bathrooms. And man, I'll tell you what, I was one of the best bathroom cleaners you've ever seen. I ain't even kidding, man. I looked up ways to make things spick and span. And, man, I was the best bathroom cleaner, best best shower cleaner. The homeless would come in, and we would, it was on purpose. We would have homeless ministry. They would come in and take showers, and sometimes they would leave it a hot mess, and I would go in there and clean it. Fine. I got promoted to now doing the Bible study with the homeless, right? So now I'm, I'm the man doing the Bible studies. Wow, that's awesome. And the day came where, where she asked me, uh, Ms. Donna asked me to clean the bathrooms again. And I hadn't done them in six months, and I thought, in the bathrooms. You have all these new people here. I, I do the Bible studies, Miss Donna. Didn't you read the schedule? That's not my job. Like that's what I wanted to say and and I was going to. I was going to. It, it went right up to right here. <laughs> <laughs> went right back down. I, was, uh, uh, I am so glad I passed that test. You know how foolish I would have looked? Even, even if I would have had an attitude. You know, people can smell you don't even have to say nothing. People can smell it. <laughs> People can see it, right? And so I said, no problem, Ms. Honor. I'll clean that. Is the other one clean, too? I'll be happy to clean the woman's, too. No problem. I humbled myself. I pushed that down, and I said, if you're asking me to go a mile, I'm going to actually go too. I, I'm going to do it on purpose. I, I, I'm going to make sure that I crucify my flesh and not allow it to rise up and to think I'm entitled to anything. They don't owe me nothing. I'm not entitled to nothing. Who cares, right? I'm here to help advance the mission. And if the mission right now is me cleaning the showers, yeah, I'll, come on, I will clean the showers. Where's the bucket? <laughs> Where's the mop? I get excited, and I go in there, and I oh, no, I put a smile. Man, I get to clean the. Cleaner. She came in, I was whistling on purpose. I I, I had to do what David did. I had to stir myself up. I had to to get right. I had to make sure none of this stuff was lingering in my attitude and how I would talk later. And and no way would she ever notice a difference when she saw me again later. Hi, Ms. Donna. How are you? I'm great. Hey, those are clean. Hope to see you tomorrow. See you, Ms. Donna. Love you. I'm out of here. Right? Not, I see Ms. Donna. I did it, but I had an attitude or or she knew that there was something going on. No, 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 no. I, I didn't smell like that. All right, there was no hint of any of that. I suppressed it. I crucified my flesh, and I did what I had to do. A lot of people do what they have to do, but they, they, they smell like it. You didn't pass the test because you did it. You still smell like it. Don't allow your position. Don't allow it, your, position to, 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 your position to go ahead of the mission. So number two, right, supportive ministers must be devoted to the church, Right? I don't know if I read this or not, but when I say I love the church, it's not just, oh yeah, yeah, I didn't say this yet. So when when you say you love the church, uh, when I say uh, you love the church, I'm not talking about like a feeling like you love somebody, right? But it should translate into positive actions such as faithful attendance, diligent service, and consistent financial support. These are things you, I love the church, yeah. But if there's no byproduct, there's no nothing showing that. Then it's all words, right? I'm not talking about you love the church in words. It's in deeds. You show up. You're faithful. You support the work. You support what's happening here. That's what the love of the church means. That you you're tracking, right? And so number two, supportive ministers should be devoted to the church. All right, number three, supportive. Leaders must be devoted to their own calling, and I'll I'll explain that. No matter what you're doing, it's not just a job, it's a calling or an assignment. Sometimes, if you're the youth leader or an outreach leader, etc., and 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 you get the question, when are you really going into the ministry? You ever get that? Maybe maybe you're leading outreach. Somebody asks you, hey, when are you actually gonna go into the ministry? How many of you know you're you're actually in ministry right now? How many know what you're doing right now is not just some kind of stepping stone to go where you're going? What you're doing right now matters, it counts, it's valuable, right? God sees it as such. If you just see your spot right now as a stepping stone, mm-mm mm-mm. Right? You're devoted to your what you're doing right now. You're devoted to your assignment. Right? You be the best you can be at what you're doing right now. That's a common thing you'll hear me talk about. You've heard me talk about this before. Right? Devoted to what you're doing no matter where you're doing. And I talked about it this Sunday to, to the team. I've talked about it in the HELPS meeting. Right? If you're an usher, you need to realize that your position is valuable, that you are important because what you're doing matters. How you talk to people, how you put a smile on and are excited about what God is doing in this house matters. When you're in the children's ministry, are you preparing? Are you praying? Are you ready to bring that word or are you just going through the motions? Because one day, you know, uh, I'll I'll be the head over here. Or one day, you know, I'll I'll get promoted. No, you ain't getting promoted if you're not faithful where you are. If you're not putting your heart into it. Right? Because, listen, Jesus, promotion comes from him and he sees everything. Right? So you, you must be devoted You must be devoted to what you're doing right now, right? Uh, So supportive ministry is real and valid ministry and shouldn't be viewed as merely a stepping stone to some other nobler venture. Supportive ministry is a noble venture in and of itself. Realizing that you are called by God to supportive ministry adds value to what you do for Him and serves as an anchor of stability in difficult times. Knowing that the Lord has called you to serve and support enables you to view your assignment As a sacred trust to be carried out with all diligence and faithfulness. That is good. Say amen to that. I didn't write that. Tony Cook wrote that. That is really, really good. I'm going to read that last part again. Knowing that the Lord has called you to serve and support enables you to view your assignment as sacred trust to be carried out and with all diligence and faithfulness. Where's the towel? Right? And that's really what it comes down to, how you view your, what you're doing right now. And needs to be viewed as, man, what I'm doing matters. I don't care what you're doing. I, I, I'll, go, I'll venture to say this, every spot in this church matters. Every position in this church is needed, it's necessary, it's valued, not just by my wife and I and our team, but by God. Whether you're up here singing, whether you're helping stock the put the envelopes in the chairs whether you're cleaning whether you're running to the store whether you're whether you're, you're installing something it doesn't matter from A to Z it is important and it matters amen you need to get that into your spirit right? what you're doing matters all right number four Supportive leaders, oh, no, that's number three, number four, yep, supportive leaders must be devoted, all right, this is going to sound a little self-serving, but I'm just going to keep it rolling here with what he said, and I'll read you some of the points. Must be devoted to the pastor from whom they work. Supportive leaders must be devoted to the pastor for whom they work. All right, let me read some of the stuff he wrote. Because the work of a supportive minister comes under the umbrella of the pastor's oversight of the local church, the supportive minister or, 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 or helper must work in harmony with the pastor while always maintaining a submissive and respectful attitude. You know, that's what I try to embody with my pastor. Submissive, right, and and respectful attitude. My pastor asks me to show up somewhere, even though I've been there 10 times and I have no, nothing in me wants to go, I show up because my pastor tells me he wants me to be there. You know, after the meeting sometimes, Pastor Mark, hey, I want to invite everybody to come down to my, my property. We'll be at church, you know, all week long, and it's probably the last day or second to last day, and, and we're in Louisiana, and it's hot, and, 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 you know, I want to go back to the hotel and rest. But Pastor Mark gets up there and says, hey, I'd like everybody to come on down to my property down the road here. We're going to have slides for the kids, hot dogs, and hang out. How I many you know I need to go support my pastor? nothing in me wants to go i've already been there i'm hot i want to go relax i don't want to do any of that the one time i didn't do it my pastor as soon as he pulled up his car he said come here he said where were you uh uh uh, and sarah he was sleeping (laughs) (laughs) i was preparing for sunday's message pastor which i was i was also sleeping but but why couldn't you say I was preparing for the message instead of saying I was sleeping? Yeah, but I told you I was going to prepare. We'll talk about this when we get home. <laughs> but I made up my mind, never again, never again is my pastor going to get up there and ask people to be somewhere. Not even to me. He didn't tell me personally. He said, Joe, I want you to be there. I want all of the sons to be there. He said, guys, I would love for you guys to be there. I mean, that's a different level. That's how I want to be. That's how I want to be. I want, I want my pastor to see my face, to see that I'm supporting him, to see that I'm there, that if he wants me to be there, I'm there. When he looks out and he sees, he don't even got to say hello to me, but he see he, all right, I know when people aren't here, we go home, Where with so-and-so, Where was so so It's a blessing when I see people's faces in church. Man, did you see so-and-so? Man, that's a blessing. They drive over an hour every Sunday. Man, did you, man, uh, uh, you know, it's a blessing for me to look out and see your face. And I believe it honors God. I really do. All right, so let's keep reading along these lines might be my favorite one. (laughs) If we are committed to Jesus and his church, then we need to be committed to the person he has placed in a position of leadership and authority within the local congregation. Can you imagine an athlete saying the following? I love the game of basketball. I'm committed to the guys on my team, and I'm doing all I can to develop and improve my own skills. But I have no intention of cooperating with or respecting the coach of the team. On a practical level, that athlete will never excel or be productive on that team. His professed commitments sound great, but if he isn't willing to work with the coach and respect his authority, he's not going to be an asset to the team. Successful, supportive ministers or leaders are those who serve the way Timothy Timothy did don't uh, don't happen overnight. So, uh, excuse me, successful supportive leaders, those who serve the way Timothy did, don't happen overnight. Growth takes time, patience, and commitment. Become devoted to God, his church, your assignment, and the pastor, and you will be further along the road to successful ministry. Man, that's good. He's got a couple questions here for reflection that we can just I'll mention them. We're not going to go into every one of them here in a few more minutes, but just for you to, to, to mull over. How are you doing in your personal relationship with Jesus? Think about this. You don't have to raise your hand. We're not going to, uh, but, but this is for you to answer in your heart. How are you doing in your personal relationship with Jesus? Has your work for the Lord caused you to lose any closeness to him in terms of personal relationship? You know, I have to be careful as a pastor that I'm not just getting in the word for messages, but that I'm developing a relationship with him, right, and preaching out of that or having my time with him and then having a time to to develop messages. But I have to be very careful that I'm not just getting in the word for messages. That's my my area that I work on. So whatever that may be for you, uh, you know, like we talked about before, developing in skill and and developing in leadership, that's all great. But if you're not developing in your relationship with him, you'll, you'll have a deficiency as far as the fear of the Lord is concerned, which often leads to moral problems, which often often leads to questionable actions and so on and so forth. But it's very important that those two things are in harmony. Number three, how is your prayer life? Your Bible reading? How is your commitment to the church? How would your commitment to the church change if you weren't working there in any capacity? This is some of you. Do uh, Do your attendance, giving, and working come from your heart or are you going through the motions is your assignment still fresh and vibrant to you are you walking in the awareness of the fact that god called you to serve him or has your work become routine that's really good that's really really good i'm going to say that again are you walking in the awareness of the fact that god has called you to serve him or has your work become routine Number eight, are you mindful of the fact that you will ultimately answer to God for how you serve? Are you mindful of the fact that you will ultimately answer to God for how you serve? Do you view your work for the Lord in the context of teamwork? How are you showing proper respect and commitment towards the pastor? I want you to answer that one. <laughs> Sarah told me to say that. <laughs> I didn't want to. I said, oh baby, don't say that. She said, you gotta do it. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> 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 Number ten. What did you learn from the chapter? What what did you learn from this chapter and how can you apply it? And number 11, what areas do you need to pray about or improve in? Just some food for thought. Um, I think that was very, very good teaching by Tony Cook. You know, one day, I, 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 we're going to have Tony Cook come to the church. I know it. I know it. Yeah, have him come do a leadership seminar and, semin- and training, right? These things have been so strong in my heart, the development of leadership, the development of people um, in this capacity, right? Obviously, we're developing people on Sunday and, and Bible studies and doing mentoring people in the Word, and that's the number one thing, but leadership is, is, is up there. And so uh, we're, we're going to be doing this more intentional, right? It, it, we have to. Right? We, it's so, so important. Um, uh, so, you know, it, bringing in people like that, it's, imp- it's awesome. So if you Ken, get your, get your hands on this book, um, In Search of Timothy, Discovering and Developing Greatness in Church Staff and Volunteers, In Search of Timothy by uh, Tony Cook, and so we have about 10 minutes, I'm going to go over one last thing I want to talk about, um, but I highly recommend you get that book, I think it's on Amazon, I may have ordered it from his website, not sure, but if you have Amazon Prime. I'm almost positive you can get it on there. Isn't Amazon Prime crazy? Like now in Lancaster, I can order something and get it the same day. Like in the morning, I order some and it'll be at my house at six o'clock. I ordered some batteries the other day. Oh, I ordered a, a new deer call thingy to, you know, woo, you know to get the. <laughs> <laughs> man, or, I ordered it last night at like I don't know two in the morning. One in the morning, I'm falling to bed or something, and it got here today. Like it's crazy how fast <laughs> these, these things get coming to your house. So I use that for books, man. I get my books all the time coming to my house. All the time, Kindle. If I really need it right now, I'll buy it on Kindle so I can look at it, and then I'll buy the book to get it in the mail. Uh, but there's no excuse nowadays. There is no excuse for not developing these days with all the different things that are available at our fingertips. You know that that's a double-edged sword. It really is. But but if you'll stick in the vein in this vein, and, and, and you'll and you'll listen to to the people that are teaching wholesome stuff like this, man, it, it'll help you, and and, and you'll grow. Um, so that's that's the point. All right. One last thing I want to talk to you about, and that's flexibility. Say flexibility. flexibility. Right? Flexibility is very important. Uh, the United States Army calls this principle maneuver, right? To maneuver is to place your enemy at a disadvantage through your flexible ways. When you're flexible, your enemy is thrown off balance. Flexibility is used to reduce your vulner- vulnerability. Your flexibility continually poses new problems for your enemy, eventually leading to his defeat. Some of the greatest generals were flexible in their maneuvering and their attacks, right? It's, it's such an incredible principle uh, as it pertains to leadership in this church. Uh, that is so important because we're growing and we're, we're moving and we're turning. And so being able to roll with that, come on, it's gonna make all the difference, right? We may say today, hey, today we're gonna be doing this. And then next week realize, actually, we're gonna be doing this. How you act, you know, in the middle of that change is gonna determine a lot flexibility say flexibility say I'm flexible flexibility is your ability to change readily to meet new circumstances that that's really the definition write that down flexibility is your ability to change readily to meet new circumstances to be flexible you need agility responsiveness, resilience, and adaptability. That's another good word, adaptability. Able to adapt. When I was in the Marine Corps, they drilled us in that they drilled that into us. We are adaptable. We are adaptable. We put us anywhere in the world and we'll adapt and take over. We, 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 the mission, whatever, in the desert, in the rainforest, in, in the snow, it could be raining, not raining, wherever we adapt to the situation, and we're ready to go for the mission. Right? Same thing in the church and in leadership. Come on, we adapt. We, we, we can pivot with different things that are happening in the church as we grow, right? Oh, oh, oh uh, we we we're, we're, we're a woman short in the children's ministry. No problem we'll adapt and we'll make it happen right oh not everybody showed up to help that that was supposed to show up are we gonna be down are we gonna get happy about it and we're gonna figure it out and we'll make it happen right those are just some practical examples right because they happen. Things happen, right? They don't always go as planned and things, you know, somebody's daughter got sick or somebody couldn't make it and they really put a strain on the team. But if you're flexible, if you're adaptable, come on, you're able to put a smile on your face and walk out of there when somebody asks you, how was it? Oh, we were a man down, but we took care of it, even though it was chaos. Even though it was absolute chaos, you were able to put a smile on your face, focus enough to get the job done without having a bad attitude. Say amen to that. Amen. If you don't, I'm going to think it's you who has the problem. No, not worried about you. People around you may, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. No idea. I have no idea. I'm, I'm just using these as examples, right? Um, because they're very real. And, and I've been in that situation. I've been in situations where somebody's let us down or something, and you can easily get down. Maybe it's happened more than once, right? Uh, and you think you have a right to get angry now and a right to have an attitude because this isn't the only time or maybe you said something and nothing was done right away, right? But you're flexible, you're adaptable, and you're able to execute without having a bad attitude. If we can get teams all across this church like that, ooh, man, ain't no telling what we can do. Ain't no telling how much we can, how many people we can help and impact, how much we can grow, right? If we can get like that in every department, oh, the person for the camera didn't show up and and you're supposed to do the, the soundboard and you're excited about the soundboard, but now you have to do the camera. What are you going to do? <laughs> now, I'm going to adapt, and I'm going to be flexible, and I'm going to figure it out, and I'm going to work, and I'm going to put a smile on my face. and I'm going to be a good team player, right? You have, you have options, right? You could be a good team player, or you could, be, you could be negative and have a bad attitude. But I believe I'm looking at people that are going to have good attitudes, that have good attitudes, that, are, that value their position and what they're doing and know how important it is and, and value what's happening here, right? And so Flexibility. Things are always changing. What is valuable today may not be valuable tomorrow, and what's done today may not be done tomorrow. If you cannot change and change quickly, you'll become useless and irrelevant with time. A lot of churches like that, unfortunately. They just stuck. They never changed. They never made the adjustments. We've done this for years, and we'll continue doing this for years. And that's why they're hanging by a thread. Businesses, same thing. This is how my grandpappy always did it, and this is how my pappy did it, and how I'm going to do it, God darn it. You know, they talk like that. And, 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 and nothing grows and nothing changes. But we have to be able to be flexible and change and adapt, right, to, to what's happening. Um, and so it's very, very important. I'll leave you one example, and we'll wrap up. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> in reference to adaptability. Um, you guys know the story in Esther, verse one, chapter one, verse ten and twelve. Go ahead and put that up on the board. Esther, chapter one, verse ten and twelve. On the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, he commanded Mahum Biz the, ha, 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 ha. the seven chamberlains and ministered that minister. Uh, back up, back up, back up, back up. That ministered Esther. Next. Uh, 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 is that the whole thing? No, no. They didn't go to the second part. Did you Did you put 10 and 12? They ministered the presence of God. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to read it here. I, I can't. This up here is a little bit off. I don't know. I can't read it out of that one. All right. To bring, uh, so, so I'm going to just read it over. Put it back up. Over. Here we go. Start it again. Back up. <laughs> On the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, he commanded a bunch of people that served in the presence of Hazareth the king. Verse 11, to bring Vashenti, Vish- the queen, the, the queen before the king with the crown royal to show the people and the princes her beauty, for she was fair to look on. Verse 12, but the, but the queen refused to come at the, at the king's commandment, but by uh, at, at, uh But the queen, Vishanti, refused to come at the king's commandment, yeah, by his chamberlains. Therefore, was the king very wrath, and his anger burned in him. So because she was not flexible, how many you know she lost the position? (laughs) You never hear about her again. He gets remarried to Esther. She's completely out of the picture. You don't hear anything about her. She refused to be flexible. Right. She refused to adapt, even though she really didn't want to come. Oh, why should I go? Well, you know, the king is calling you, you know, and it's a good idea to go, whether he's your husband or not. Right. And so because she was not flexible, because she didn't adapt right to, to a situation that maybe she didn't agree with, she lost her position, became a major problem there. Who knows? Some people even said she got beheaded. I, I, well, I'm i not going to behead you. Don't worry. But <laughs> But flexibility, very important, right? Adaptability, very important. I value that personally. Like in this book, it talks about learning to work with the personality of the pastor, right? And so for me, things that are important, right? Being on time, right? To me, that is very, very important, right? Being on time, being flexible, a good attitude, right? Can-do attitude. You really want to get under my skin? I hate to even say that. Complain. (laughs) Complain. God hates complaining. I hate complaining, (laughs) right? Complaining. Even if you make a mistake, I'm sorry. I don't need to hear a bunch of stuff. Hey, I'm sorry I messed up. But keep it moving. Fine, right? Uh, the other thing I was going to talk about today before we got into, it, before I realized I wanted to get into this was being correctable and teachable. It's very important. Very important. Uh, if I say, "Hey, next time do it this way," and you fall apart, I mean, you know, I, I can't trust you. I can't use you to fall apart anytime I I give you an instruction or a change of direction or ask you to do something different, right? Uh, I need people who I can say, "Hey, that's not how we do it. Let's do it this way." Yes, sir, and keep it moving. That's it. Let's let, let's let's make it happen. I don't need people falling apart anytime they get corrected or get spoken to, uh, you know, uh, uh, about an issue or a situation. If you really want to, to grow in leadership, be correctable, be teachable. I remember when I worked for Joyce, and I'm using this a lot as reference because a lot of my experience came from working there. uh, And I worked in the call center, and one of my first jobs was on the phone, answering phone calls. People would call in, right? And so I would go in, and maybe it was once a month, I think it was, where you would go in and get critiqued on, on your calls. And that could be a little tough hearing yourself on the call and them saying, that was wrong, that's wrong, say it this way, don't say it that way. Uh, but, I mean, you know, uh, uh, you want to be the best, right? Like, I want to be the best. I, if I got something on my face, tell me I have something on my face. Like, I want to make the adjustment. So I would show up to the meeting with a pen and paper Okay, do that. Okay, yep. I'll take. I'll take care of that. Yep. I'll change that. No problem. The tone was off. Oh, I'm sorry about that. I'll, I'll, next time, I got you. And they would look at me like, "You're the only one who does. That. Everybody else comes in here fighting." I remember people leaving that meeting. I can't believe she's asked me to do that, and that's not how I even supposed to be doing it. And I was nice. I can't. She didn't. And people complaining all kind of. I'm like, man, they're just trying to help you get better, and you work for them, by the way. They're paying you a check, so you do it their way. I don't. You know, I never understood that. Brother Hagin, I, I love he used to say this, uh, when he, people used to help him, uh, he'd have somebody help maybe cook dinner at the house, uh, and, and uh, he would say, uh, cut the tomato this way. Uh, and, 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 or somebody was cutting the tomato, and he, he, he came up, he said, actually, please cut them this way. And, and, and it was Keith Moore's wife, Phyllis Moore, and she said, well, that's how he wants the tomatoes cut. That's how I will cut the tomatoes, right? I, I don't care if I've been cutting tomatoes my whole life and I'm a chef. If he wants the tomatoes cut this way, then that's how I'm going to cut them because I work for him right? And so that's the attitude, right? And so um, uh, there's so much more we can break down. And maybe we go another week. Maybe we keep, we keep rolling. Maybe next week we keep talking about these things. Maybe we just do a series on this and then move on. Um because I I think it's necessary uh, for all of us to talk about these things and to grow and develop in these things. The only way it's gonna happen is by being taught, right? And I'm learning and growing, and and just like everybody else, uh, God is helping us in this area. Uh, We we can all make mistakes. It's just about how we react when we make those mistakes. That's really the key. Hey, this is Pastor Joe, and before you go, I wanna pray with you to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. This is your opportunity to be 100% sure that heaven will be your eternal home. It's very simple. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So if you mean business with God, he means business with you. I want you to pray this very simple but powerful prayer and mean it with all your heart. Repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. I believe that you were crucified and God raised you from the dead. I believe that you are the Son of God. I repent of all my sin and I ask for your forgiveness. I give you my life. Do something with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to the family of God. The Bible says all the angels in heaven are rejoicing because you just prayed that prayer. The next step is to find a good, strong, local church. you live anywhere near Lancaster, Pennsylvania, we invite you to join us at Life in Christ every Sunday at 10 a.m. We have some of the best people on planet Earth. We love you, God bless you, and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast. Help us to continue to share the message of faith with those all over the world. Visit licchurch.com forward slash give to partner with us today.